0: Before we get started, Dead and Married would like to thank those very close to our dead black hearts, our patrons.
1: Thank you to William Rush, Karima Rhodes, my best friend and fellow Tom Atkins lover, Gary Horton, Carissa.
0: Jonathan says thank you.
1: Dr. Sexy himself Kent Morton. Oh yeah. Kate Lamp, Travis's cowgirl Lala Thomas. Hey girl. And last but certainly not least, our friends over at the Podmortem podcast. You can also check out their very own show every Monday on all major platforms.
0: And now, on with the show. Warning, the following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm Travis. And I'm Ashley. And we're coming to you funky fresh. We put on (laughs) deodorant and everything. (laughs) (laughs) to cover the 1987 movie dolls yes
1: and this was requested to us by lala thomas hey girl Uh,
0: i'm gonna try to be kind (laughs) i'm just gonna say that up front i'm gonna try to be kind
1: because we love you
0: yes (laughs) so there's some movies that you watch and you're like okay Okay, I, I can I can see some things. Uh huh. That's what one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not a film snob by any any stretch of the imagination. I just
1: we love you. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's why we're doing this. Listen to our pillow talk episode. Love means sometimes doing things <laughs> that are difficult. It means sacrifice. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. So yeah, made in 1987. Um, it's got a six point three out of ten on IMDb, sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and fifty five on Metacritic.
1: I was a little surprised by this.
0: To, I, if I was I'm being not going to offer that commentary.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing that uh, all of
0: those numbers were higher than I thought they'd be.
1: This is once again directed by Stuart Gordon, fantastic filmmaker. I mean, obviously, uh, we have the utmost highest praise for reanimator and I know for a fact that I have seen other Stuart Gordon films that have been not quite as good but I don't know I- I'm <laughs> I had a, I had a struggle with this one even though I've actually seen this one a few times this is not one that I've that was a first time watch by any stretch of the imagination but I don't know it, it just hit or for lack of a better term didn't hit this time so i don't know i don't know what's going on with me yeah
0: yeah i'm not i'm not trying to be unkind at all at all um but it's not it's, it's not a bad story no it's not a bad premise or, or whatever um, it just didn't grab me mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it didn't it just didn't grab my attention um, at the front and I don't know if it's because it's it's a really slow starter it seems like um, they tried to do some suspense building early on and it just didn't work for me mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that's the problem is that if it, if a movie doesn't hook me kind of towards the front then I have a hard time staying with it
1: right well I think for me, for for one, one of the problems I had up front was, I don't think this movie knew what it was who it was trying to be for, right? Um, I would say if um uh, if you're looking for a horror film to introduce a younger person to, this would be safe
0: well, as long as they don't have a bunch of dolls right. Well, i I can see where this would creep out a child if they had dolls. Now. I,
1: I can too, absolutely. But, To me, it's kind of like in the same vein as Chucky. It's one of those that most kids get introduced to because it's, you know, there's a child protagonist and it's a little, I don't know, it just, it, it feels like it wants to be a children's movie at times. I don't know why. That's just a vibe I get.
0: Yeah, I could put it somewhere in between, like, Troll and Puppet Master, right? Because you get the fantasy elements yes. and the sort of supernatural elements in there, and it's kind of edging towards the kid-friendly side, but then you've got these creepy-as-fuck killer dolls uh-huh. at the same time. It's like they were trying to blend those two uh-huh. together.
1: And, I mean, very obviously some creepy imagery. So, yes, I can see how it would terrify a child. But at the same time, I maybe, and we'll get there, maybe it's having to do with the score or you know that like you said the kind of fantasy element that it kind of leans to a little bit that it feels like like were they trying to kind of make a children's movie a little bit lighter fair like it just i don't know
0: well i will say that and i well not to jump ahead to cast and crew but uh john bickler did mm-hmm. the effects on this and, and
1: he and yeah he he,
0: he does he does a good job any anytime yeah. but he was pretty reserved in this film i think so he, he uh... could have gone just bat shit with it and he, he's he uh He didn't get too heavy-handed with it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. We know him for doing a little bit gorier
0: fair, so... Yeah, this was... I was kind of surprised after the fact, learning that he's the one that did the effects, because I didn't pay attention during the opening credits and see his name, Uh, (laughs) but... I thought that was, yeah, he, he was definitely showing some self-control, I guess, in this film. Or that could have been directed, that they didn't want it to be. Could be. be
1: that, that. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think.
0: Uh, maybe they were pushing for something. This like, film has a
1: little bit of an identity crisis. Yeah.
0: Well, I think you've, you're you maybe onto something that they were pushing to some towards something that could be a little more accessible mm-hmm. for everyone. Because let's be honest, not everything Beekler's done is going to be for everybody.
1: Right. Well, and the thing is, is that this is not Full Moon's first doll movie, or a only doll movie and if you look at something like puppet master that is way more gory and disgusting at times and i mean if you look
0: the leech lady i was gonna
1: say if you look at something like the leech woman i mean that alone is more you know so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that makes me thinking about it
1: yeah so you can have a doll movie that's pretty gory but i don't know this one just felt like it I don't know. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> Moving on. Tell me about the first time you watched this movie. Uh, I need you to tell me in detail that everything you felt, all your <laughs> your deepest, darkest memories of this film.
1: Uh, I don't actually have a, a first memory of this film. So I'm leaning towards the fact that I probably didn't see this till I was an adult. Um, I do remember, and probably like most of you, um, I do remember distinct memories, though, of being in the rentals, rental stores, wherever they were, and um, seeing that box art. I do remember coming across that and seeing the doll holding two eyes and being like, oh my God, you know, it's it's right there with... With, uh, what our other choice was going to be, Dolly Dearest, and seeing that fucking demonic, evil-looking doll on the cover, and being like, "Oh my God," you know. So I don't remember watching it, but I do remember being very aware of it when I was a kid, just not ever having seen it.
0: Yeah, I remember that VHS box also, uh, seeing it in Sykes Movie Land mm-hmm. when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and there was there was a few different boxes that they used to put out where the cover was like huh <laughs> yeah it looks that looks like that would scare me a lot you know yeah. when you're a kid i thought that the the uh, box art for leprechaun i think it was the first one was kind of scary really yeah and there's a one of the nightmare on elm street ones where it's just like a carriage a oh black uh, one.
1: the pram uh, n- uh That's dream child and
0: yeah. i thought and you know i don't know when you're a kid you think weird shit. You're scared of stupid shit. Oh I, yeah, I know.
1: I actually this is probably a surprising come for somebody who absolutely loves the genre. I used to be afraid to just go in that section of the of the rental stores. Like I would be terrified to go down some of those simply for the box arts. Yeah. Of films.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even it, in that little video store there for a long time. Um, The Baptist made them put it in the back.
1: Right. it's. <laughs> it's I will say that uh, it's a lost art because people used to create the most amazing artwork for films. And that would sell the movie. How many times did you look at a... It's kind of like buying alcohol now. You go with the coolest looking bottle and go, that's cool. I think I'll try that. You know? I
0: have screwed up many times by doing that.
1: Yeah. But it's the same thing. People used to create this really amazing artwork to help sell a film. And now, what do you get? You get the main cast kind of just on the, like, think Scream. You have the main cast kind of looking at you very seriously and then maybe something in the back. Yeah. That, you that's just get a, get a movie they
0: they don't They don't put any effort into it anymore. Yeah. Or it doesn't seem that I way. think
1: the, the last maybe cover of something I saw that I went, holy shit, was Terrifier. Yeah, but
0: that one's pretty good.
1: Because you just have that face looking at you and you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? That one's... That was pretty good, but that's I, that's so few and far between now. I think they just yeah. don't make stuff like that anymore. No,
0: they just they they run the trailer and they make a movie poster so that they can put it up to the theaters so people will go, oh, that's the one I want to see. Right. That's a now it's it.
1: about who's in it. Right. Not the monster itself.
0: Right. So, so for me, I this was not my first time to watch it. I watched it with you, and of course, it's been a while. Like we watched this a few months ago, I think maybe it was last mm. year, but I remember watching it not as part of this. And being sort of interested on the front side, because I'm always bothering you, like, come on, goddamn it! how many times are we going to watch Friday the 13th? Right, right, right,
1: right, Can
0: we watch something different? And you were like, okay, I'll show you something different, <laughs> asshole.
1: And now for something completely different. Yeah.
0: And thinking on the front side, like when they're getting everything introduced, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And then I woke up and the movie was over. Um, that's pretty much my first watch memory because it didn't, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it started, but again, it's, it's a slow burn.
1: Well, again, and, so, and you tend to lean toward fantasy films. That's usually know your thing. I you think that it would be. I've ruined you. You have. You know, I, going back to that movie, I ruined you with Terrifier. Now you're like more blood, more blood. Right? this. You're like completely, maybe I've jaded you.
0: Yeah. Where are the guts at?
1: <laughs> that's so Let's sad. see the guts. That's actually sad a little bit. I'm sorry I've done that to you. No,
0: no, no. I'm still a nerd.
1: <laughs> because, again, it, it has that. And there are some really kind of neat things on the front side of it, like the bear. Like, that's kind of a cool thing and cool imagery to have at the beginning. And especially kind of touching on a child's imagination, which they, they, I would say this movie leans heavily on uh, in those those themes and what it means to grow up and become an adult. So if, if you want to get deep about it, it's a full moon Film, so you can't really get too deep with it but i would say that there are themes of that especially uh with the character of ralph
0: i agree but again that introductory piece with the bear uh, if they had just stayed with some of that because it's the only time you see it right um you know kind of what's going on in the little girl's head what what uh-huh. she's daydreaming about and if they if you give me more of that i could have stayed in i, you know? I can
1: see that kind of like um it where the kids are envisioning Pennywise as different right. forms
0: right right because yeah. you get something, like in every scene, you get something different because right. every kid has a different fear. Right. Or they're imagining it differently every time he pops up. Or
1: or Freddy does that for that matter. Right. He kills you in the ways that are intimate that scare you the most. Right,
0: right. And But it keeps it interesting uh-huh. because you're seeing something batshit and different right? every time they show up. And if they had kind of stayed with that, showing kind of what's going on, what goes on in the mind of a kid. Yeah. Um, Specifically involving toys, then what they would have just made Toy Story. But... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But I would have have been down with that. And then later they introduced the elves. But I watched this movie a couple of times trying to prepare for this. And I don't know when that was introduced. They just start talking about elves. (laughs) Right. Or the little girl does. And I'm like, okay. So did, the old, did Gabriel say something about it during dinner? And I just have completely spaced on that conversation every time I've watched it.
1: Yeah, I don't rem- recall having ever heard anything about I, elves before that point. Yeah,
0: I don't ever hear an adult explicitly state they're elves and they're real and they're living in this house. I don't.
1: Right. I would say, and maybe, maybe this is going to sound terrible... I feel like in terms of that theme, you know, the the imagination of a child and little dolls, in as short as it is, I feel like something like the segment in Tales from the Hood with Boys Do Get Bruised probably explored that just a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that i would agree but i mean if they're taking that on in this one in a less serious subject matter um with more fantasy elements they still could have made it work Mm -hmm. um i would have been good with the elves that's fine but i need more
1: well i think
0: like give me a backstory on why they're there
1: playing devil's advocate one more time i think when you find out what the quote elves actually are that is a little bit of a creepy notion it
0: is it's a creepy idea so Um.
1: here's the thing it's it's not a bad movie I, i know that you think it is it's not a bad movie I just don't know that it's necessarily for me because we were talking off mic and I said you know apart from child's play I just don't think I'm a doll movie person like I don't like films like Annabelle um, I still haven't seen Megan because I just don't care even though I know a lot of people have given it a lot of praise and said that it's really good it's just not my genre or my subgenre of, of stuff I mean again I have seen Dolly Dearest also um, and that kind of deals more with like uh, possession type stuff but I, I think the, the subgenre as a whole is just not really my thing. Yeah. I think that I think that may be the problem here.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I would go so far as to say it's a bad movie.
1: No, it's, it's not. It's not. Let, let's get that it's, out of the way up front.
0: It, they had some good ideas, and they—I don't feel like they finished any of them, or they didn't commit hard to this is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like we've got the 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 bear at the beginning, and then that's the only time you see it, and then they introduce the like, the concept of elves, and then they sort of abandon it, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And again, at the end, when we talk about what the what's really going on there, I mean that's creepy in and of itself. But at one point, uh, one of the characters says, "Well, there's the old witch." And the old lady says, you figured it out. Mm-hmm. If you had given me that the whole time, where it's like a witchcraft thing. Okay. All I'm saying is. Well, there's I, one one-off comment
1: at the beginning where, were, uh, when they were talking about the rainstorms and they were like. He was
0: like... They're almost magical.
1: No. Well, he says something about what he does for a living and, and the stepmom's like, what, witchcraft? And they kind of go, ha, ah, ha, 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 ha. Right. You right. know.
0: But I'm just saying that if they had picked sort of one of those and committed to it mm-hmm. and 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 just done that through the movie, I think it would have been better. They, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that they had an identity crisis, mm-hmm. that they didn't like fully commit to one concept. And so it ends up just kind of messy. So anyway. Anyway. Cast. <laughs> So this movie stars Ian Patrick Williams as David Bauer. Uh, He plays the stepdad. Fair warning, I'm probably just going to call him the dad because (laughs) I won't remember his name as David. Carolyn Purdy Gordon plays Rosemary Bauer. Now she is the stepmom, Uh uh, the evil stepmother, which is another, is it a trope?
1: I guess so. Where you've got
0: the evil stepmother. I guess. And that's kind of what she is in this. But she's also Stuart Gordon's wife, and I think he casts her in everything.
1: He casts her in everything he does. And if I remember right, he has to kill her in everything he does. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um And not always, but most of the time, she's usually some form of antagonist.
0: See, I wonder if that's him or if that's how she wants it to be. Yeah, I don't know. But I will, I will give him this. He puts his wife in every movie, and at no point is she naked. <laughs> you know who I'm talking to right now. I'm not going to say his name. It is possible to cast your wife in a film without her being naked.
1: Oh, my gosh. Just saying. It. Let it go, honey.
0: I can't. <laughs> Carrie Lorraine plays Judy Bauer. Uh, she's a little girl. Guy Rolfe plays Gabriel Hartwick. And he's the dude. that dude's film career started, like, in the 20s. Mm-hmm. He's been around forever. He and Hilary Mason, who plays Hilary Hartwick, the wife, like, she was born, like, 1917. Her, mm-hmm. her filmography is, like, 160-something movies long. Mm-hmm. So they did some work. Uh, Bunty Bailey plays Isabel Prang. She is the blonde, uh, I guess, British punk rocker. Mm-hmm. And then Cassie Stewart plays Enid, no last name, uh, who plays the brunette British punk rocker. Mm-hmm. I don't know where these Ma- punk Madonna rockers...
1: enthusiasts, I yeah, will say. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where they came
0: from. And then Stephen Lee plays Ralph Morris, and he is the one who picks up Isabel and Enid as they are hitchhiking and ends up delivering them to this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one thing I do appreciate about this is that it does have a small cast. Yes. Uh, I I prefer to, I like it that way. Everybody knows that. All of you know that. Constant, it does have. Constant listeners, you know I prefer a small cast.
1: It does have an intimate setting.
0: It does. And I feel like they explored some of the motivations for each character, kind of. I mean, David, he is divorced. Obviously, he's got his daughter with him, and he doesn't really want her with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new the new wife, Rosemary, she hates the little girl. And uh, apparently
1: she's wealthy, yeah, and you get the
0: idea, that, maybe, that the dad is... That that's why he's around. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's why he went there. Uh, the little girl's just a little girl. She's in a little girl in a situation that she can't really control, mm-hmm. and she's reacting to it.
1: And apparently has a big imagination, which I can only assume comes from a girl who is in a broken homes yeah. and, and obviously an only child. So Well,
0: her her mom is single. We find that out at some point in the film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so she may spend a lot of time alone. And mm-hmm. it, in the beginning, she's like hugging that teddy bear. That teddy bear's her best friend. Yeah. So that's, that could be an escape. And we're reading a lot into this that's not actually <laughs> stated in the movie.
1: Well, I'm doing that because Stuart Gordon is an intelligent filmmaker. That's that's the thing. If it were anybody else, I don't know that I would. But when you have a filmmaker with his talent and who obviously does, you know, I I feel like those themes for him were probably there. If it were anybody else, I would say no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say no if it was a a Lynch film. Because that's way too obvious. He would have been saying something totally different. (laughs) But um, Gabriel and Hillary, the old couple... I like the acting from both of them. They both do creepy elderly people really, really well. Um, Although I get the impression that this this is probably not their best work. I feel like, I almost feel like I need to go see some of their older movies when they were really like going for it because Mm -hmm. I think they probably had potential. But he is a, is a toy maker and she is the wife of the toy maker. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's just it. He makes toys and she takes care of the house or whatever. They don't Mm -hmm. ever explore that relationship. Um, But it would have been good to get some more background on them Mm -hmm. in this film. Uh, how they came to be in this place and why they do what they do. The two punk uh, girls, Isabel and Enid, you don't really get much about them. Uh, They're...
1: they're I would say that they're, I don't want to use the word grifters, because I don't know that they're, it kind of alludes to the fact that they, they're conning people in order to rip them off. Yeah, but I, it never,
0: you never find out where they're coming from, where they're going to. Right. They're just hitchhiking, and they land there, and they want to steal Ralph's wallet.
1: Right. It will they want to steal from um, until anybody.
0: They, yeah, until they find out that there might be something valuable in the house, and then they want to rob the house. <laughs> yeah, <Antikies. laughs>
1: they and Yeah, and They're cracked
0: And then up. Ralph. It's kind of the same thing. He picked up the girls and then he got stuck. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know where he's going to. I don't think it ever says what he does uh, for a living. So you've got really nothing on him other than that he is a child at heart and he likes toys. I mean, he's kind of, he's sort of a big kid himself. Yes. Uh, And that's really all you get on these characters.
1: Yeah. So I've wondered, do you think that the storm necessarily was not an accident? That maybe it was a, a honey trap?
0: So... In order to lure these people in, let's go ahead and go into the story because I have a theory on that. Okay. So in the beginning, <laughs> uh, so it opens with David, Rosemary, and Judy, and they're they're driving in the car, and well, Rosemary is driving, mm-hmm. and the steering wheel is on the right side of the vehicle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I So I didn't they're it.
0: they're not the United States. <laughs> but they're driving down some random dirt road and kind of arguing about the vacation. They don't, nobody likes or She is unhappy with his choice. I guess he got to plan the vacation and she wanted to go to Monte Carlo or something like that. And she ended up in the backwoods of England, maybe? I don't know.
1: They, they don't say. I know that uh, a lot of the full moon features were filmed in Italy.
0: This one was filmed in... Rome. Okay. I well, At there you M- go. Empire Studios. Uh-huh. I think is where it was.
1: Yeah, because um those I don't remember if it's Charles Band or his father. Um, they owned a house there. Um, so they tended to film a lot of stuff there because it was, I guess, more affordable.
0: do it on the them. cheap. Yeah, yeah. But at any rate, um, they're kind of fussing back and forth. And then every now and then they'll take a moment to yell at Judy sitting in the back seat, who's just reading a book and hugging her teddy bear and kind of minding her own business, uh, up until the point where she gets stuck. Well, back up a minute. She almost runs over the two hitchhiking girls. <laughs> <laughs> She nearly runs him down. And uh, David says something about it. And she says, do you want me to go back and try again? So that tells you almost everything you need to know about Rosemary. She's a hateful bitch and does not care about anyone other than herself. Right. So... Anyway, they do get stuck at some point. And I don't understand the stuck. I feel like they didn't pay attention to the background because when he jumps out of the car to go try to push it out, there's just like straight trees behind him. And they didn't slide. It doesn't show them spinning out or anything like that. The car just sort of stops and he jumps out. Where was she going? She's not even on a road where it shows the car being stuck. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. So they can't get the car out. And he's like, oh, look, there's a house. We can go there. And she says, you expect me to walk?
1: I know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my god oh man so they get out to make the hike and judy's kind of trailing behind um and it's a creepy house you get like a long shot but it's really dark
1: That mm-hmm.
0: it's a, it's sort of a creepy old house and of course rosemary goes back and grabs her bear and throws the bear off in the bushes
1: and i didn't understand that and oh.
0: says you'll travel faster solo
1: yeah i couldn't understand that I, I guess it's just to set up establish that she's just a hateful bitch she- because the, the bear was not slowing the kid down no she at was all. mad
0: she wanted to take it out on somebody yeah and the little girl was an easy target yeah but that's when you get this cut like uh, you see her imagination of the bushes start to rustle yeah because she and- says
1: something like you're going to pay for that or something. Yeah,
0: the, the bushes rustle and then the bear comes out, only it's a giant teddy bear. Yeah. And then it slowly peels back and there's like a real bear underneath that proceeds to eat both of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like he's got these huge, these claws. Yeah, so. and
0: then after he kills uh, David and Rosemary, Judy's like bad teddy. And yeah. you see the bear, he's like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: I know that did that did make me he laugh. Just
0: bear just doesn't say anything. Just kind of shrugs, like,
1: yeah. what do you want, bitch? You asked yeah, for this.
0: <laughs> it's your you. This is your imagination. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: just here. Yeah. You
0: you made me do it. <laughs> so they make it to the house. and They can't get in. Uh, but the, Judy just kind of just wanders off, and she does that throughout this film. Sort of when she's with an adult, she just sort of wanders off.
1: Typical kid.
0: Which kids are want to do. Um, and she finds an open door into the basement. So they go into the basement. It looks like it's abandoned. Uh, but they quickly find out that it's not uh, and gabriel shows up at the top of the basement steps with a shotgun and he tells them that typically we prefer that guests use the front door yeah and, and then the, adults don't, like, don't say
1: anything because judy's the one who speaks up and is like well we tried the front door but it was locked and nobody would answer and it's raining. we're cold
0: yeah and he immediately is like okay yeah come up and get warm yeah like, y'all can go right back out the way you came in
1: exactly <laughs> like, which is I?
0: why i'm like you broke it. Mm. You broke into my house. You didn't knock on the door, or I would have answered it. No, nah, let's be honest. No, probably not. But no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> doing that. You don't just discover someone in your house and be like, "Oh shucks, y'all come on." Yeah. So yeah, they're leading them up and talking about the storm and how. Uh, travelers tend it surprises them but they're used to the storms and they like them and they are particularly intense and it's the longest night of the year mm-hmm. for some reason i don't understand why it was the longest night of the year they just say that a couple of times yeah um, and yeah gabriel and hillary both talk about you know that the storm is it's almost magical mm-hmm. and that he as a toy maker does some of his best work right uh, at night and during the storms
1: mm-hmm.
0: so they're feeding them and just kind of talking and i have a feeling that i tune out during this scene and that. That's when he brings up the elves, maybe?
1: Well, I didn't, and I don't remember hearing anything about the elves. So I had wondered if, if it's a scene later on when he goes to show Ralph and maybe. Judy the basement or but, the doll. Maybe yeah. that's not the basement, but definitely where he makes his dolls.
0: But I mean... The first creepy thing, actual like legit creepy thing, is when they're on their way to the dining room and Judy pauses by a closed door, and you hear like the the giggling and talking of tiny voices behind this closed door. Well,
1: just before that, they' they walk past a doll whose and, eyes open. Yeah, or she sees the glowing something.
0: glowing eyes and the. In the basement, but it's just, it's some creepy stuff, but it's nothing that just jumps out and grabs you necessarily. But during dinner, um, what I say her name was Isabel, Enid, and Ralph show up. Mm -hmm. And of course, Isabel is all over Ralph. I mean, she's dry humping him when they come in the door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess. Yeah. I didn't get it, and she's kind of flirty and hitting on him. But you can immediately see that he is really uncomfortable with it. Yeah, he's not and, interested, and that uh, she's being extra flirty. And they're both very loud and crude, and just sort of make themselves at home. Which yeah, doesn't. she just
1: goes to the the soup that this lady's prepared and just starts. They start eating it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just sort of invite themselves in, which...
1: Like out of the pot, they didn't even make...
0: <laughs> yeah, Gabriel didn't seem to mind. He was like, yeah, it's y'all come on in um, and have a seat. But then after dinner, he shows them all to their rooms, um, which I found it interesting that both girls and then David and Rosemary all ended up in upstairs rooms. Mm-hmm. And then he brought Ralph and... Uh, Judy, their rooms were downstairs. And all the rooms, of course, got creepy fucking dolls in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, I mean, that's the theme of the movie. There's just creepy ass dolls everywhere with weird faces. I noticed that during the <laughs> credits. What was the deal with the faces on some of these dolls? I mean, I have seen, you remember that episode of South Park where. <laughs>
1: I knew you were going to say South Park. Where
0: it, it's the World of Warcraft episode after Cartman's like 800 pounds sitting in the basement and he's just. Ugh. <laughs>
1: That's what I thought of too.
0: Some of those dolls are making that face.
1: I think it's I don't the understand team. why
0: you'd make a doll like that. I
1: don't know. Yeah, yeah. During the credits, we were laughing our asses off because of the faces that these dolls were making. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I didn't. It was a choice. <laughs> Mom,
1: have pockets. Our pockets. Yeah. Our pockets. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I immediately thought Eric Cartman on some of those. I'm yeah. like, I know that face. <laughs> But yeah, but before, before they get to the rooms, he does take them downstairs and, and show her, show them his little workshop Mm -hmm. um, where he builds dolls and talks about that dolls are very loyal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do have a personality. and
1: You get like the tiniest little bit of yeah. backstory from Ralph, m- mostly just from when he was a kid. And he was talking about how he had a great dad that, you know, always seemed like helped him maintain his imagination.
0: Right. And that's when, when he they say, well, you're, you must, you're just a child at heart. Mm-hmm. And Ralph just kind of agrees with it.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. I am. And y- you see little things throughout, like Judy will say something that'll make him laugh, you yeah. know, or she does little... Impressions and and he'll laugh at it and all the adults look at him like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, he's
0: much more in tune with the kid mm-hmm. and you know okay, that's that's fine. It's a little weird in some scenes. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, maybe it's just the way he this that that actor did it, but there's a I don't know. It's just odd. It's not necessarily inappropriate looking. It's just strange to see an adult react the way he reacts to some things in this film. Uh-huh. I don't. know I can't put my finger on it. But anyway, um, Gabriel gives. He, he, he makes the observation that she doesn't have a doll. And she's like, well, I had a doll. And Rosemary jumps in and says, but she lost it. Mm-hmm. Cuts her she off. She dropped it outside. Doesn't want to uh, admit that it was she. Very,
1: it was very Fight Club because
0: she was like. She fell down some stairs. Yeah.
1: She was like, she, she dropped it in the forest. And then she's like, actually. And then she like kicks her or something under the table. Yeah. And then she's like, I dropped
0: it in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> Big Gabriel's like, every, every child needs a doll. And he gives her a punch doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Punch from like Punch and Judy. The little. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's just like it's supposed to be a husband and wife punch, punch and Judy. Oh, and the little and girl like just Mar- happens to be named Judy. She just happens to be named Judy, but you know it's the uh-huh. marionettes. Um, it's like super old. Yeah, yeah, I, that's I'm a not super a, old thing. Not
1: familiar with it.
0: And uh, yeah, Mr. Punch was always getting up to shenanigans, and then his wife Judy would beat him with a rolling pin. Oh, okay. I don't, anyway, no, I'm
1: not. I'm not familiar. You with should it. look
0: it up sometime. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I got lost.
1: <laughs> you did?
0: <laughs> Started thinking about South Park.
1: Got some money stashed away. <laughs>
0: yeah. But anyway, rate, they make it back to their rooms and uh, everybody's kind of going to bed except for the punk girls. The punk girls are like raking the dolls off the dresser into the floor and being loud and smoking.
1: And turning up their music really loud.
0: Yeah. This is, they put their boom box up and turn their music up real loud. and And uh, at some point, Hillary comes up and she's like, do you mind if we play music? And she says, no, we're down the hall. Um, And then she starts grilling. Isabel starts grilling Hillary about the antiques.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Asking, you know, um, do these have any value? And she's like, well, of course they do to us. And she's like, no, I mean, like, to other people. Do they have value? Like, are they they worth worth something? Yeah.
0: And she was like, yeah, I suppose to... You know the right collector or the right person, mm-hmm. and then she jokes that I guess to some people I would be an antique, right? But yeah, that's when you kind of you get it that those girls are up to no good. Mm-hmm. And Isabel even says like, "Hey, they the, the stuff that's in this house is probably worth more than what's in Ralph's wallet." Yeah, so
1: Enid does kind of speak up a little bit, like, "Hey, this this is not really a good idea. I feel bad about doing this because they're just elderly people, and they're they seem sweet. You know, they're like my grandparents." And she's like. Well, then you can stay here and I'll go do it. I'll I'll go steal the shit and everything, so.
0: Yeah, so she leaves to go steal shit. Judy is in her room, like, talking to Mr. Punch. And at some point she gets up and walks out. I don't know if she heard something. Or what? But she gets up and wanders out of her room in the middle of the night and meanwhile Isabel's getting attacked. Right. She gets attacked by the dolls while she's trying to steal shit. And she tries to fight back, but of course she can't fight back against a doll. In any movie. <laughs> well, it's impossible.
1: Yeah. The, the, I, this part looked a little silly to me where they basically have her she's on the floor and they you can't they're they're out of frame, which is which is a clever way to get around special effects, but they have her grabbed by both arms or either side, and are running her into the wall repeatedly. Face first, and so her head obviously gets injured, but it also looks like she broke her nose, broke her teeth, broke yeah her yeah. teeth got knocked out because she's got a cut on the bridge of her nose and her eyes are black. So you get the, yeah, her nose is broken, her teeth are knocked out, she's got a gash in her head, you know, so that they're they're fucking her up.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then they slide her through the doorway out into the hall. And that's when Judy finds her. Yeah. And the facial expressions on both parties during <laughs> this are incomprehensible. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I I don't know why somebody didn't look at the little girl's like weird face that she made. And then whatever that was that Isabel was doing back. Like, eh, I, I don't, it's hard to describe. You have to, you have to see the film. But there's just some really weird facial expressions exchanged between those two. And then the dolls grab her and drag her around the corner. Right. So to kind of back up just a little bit, something that gets me about this, and I realize it's stop motion. And I realize that stop motion is really hard. It t- is time consuming and it takes a lot of skill. So I'm not taking anything away from that, but the dolls themselves, the sneers on the doll's faces, when the dolls get mad, all I could think of was full metal jacket. Show me your war face. <laughs> Some of them are hilarious. <laughs> Some of the faces these dolls make when they get pissed off are hilarious uh-huh. and there's no way around it. Like I, I'm at the, I'm giggle a little bit every, like mm, thinking about it right now. <laughs> yeah. I think like Arlie Ermie screaming at a row of dolls, show me your war face. <laughs> but so anyway, yes, Isabel gets drug around the corner into the dark hallway. Judy runs and finds Ralph and she's like, Ralph will believe me. So she wakes right. him up and she tells him that the elves got well, her. Well, she
1: asks him first. Well, like, she tries to go to her parents first off. Yeah, and of
0: course they don't. And
1: they just shoo her off, tell her, I told you about making up stories, blah, blah, blah. And dad acts like he's going to go to smack her in the face and stepmom's like hey you hit her we have to pay more child support right or i have to pay more child support right she's like on the other hand i will hit you she
0: says yeah i can hit her
1: yeah so she's like yes ma'am and she goes off to ralph and first thing she asks is like will you listen to a kid
0: yeah do you believe a kid yeah. And he says yes. And then she launches in her story. And he's good with it up until elves. And then he's like, oh. Yeah. And she starts to walk away. And then he sees the blood on her little f- fuzzy slippers. Yeah. And he's like, what's on your shoes? And, sh- and he's like, is that blood? And she's like, yeah, I guess.
1: She was like, it was pretty bloody in there. Yeah, pretty bad.
0: <laughs> I saw some shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then he freaks out. And, and he goes to investigate with her. And we kind of go through a period here where he's kind of freaking out. Like, he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And he's helping her
0: investigate. Well, at some point, he passes by a door and he hears the little voices behind the door, too. Mm -hmm. But then as they're going through the house, which is a massive house. Yeah. Are you sure this is the way? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe. This is the way. Are you sure this is the way? This is the way. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And they can't find anything. And then it's some... And so, at the point, as the viewer, when we see Isabel get drug around the corner, she goes to the right. She goes to the end of the hall and turns right.
1: (laughs) To be fair, the blood is still in the floor.
0: By her feet. The blood is going to the left.
1: Ah, gotcha. When they come back. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. When they come back to the same place, the blood trail goes to the left. So, why did they they forget? They were like, which way did we drag her? Ah, fuck it. It doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) The left, to the left, to the right, to the right, to the front, to the front. I'm sorry. Yeah, two wrongs don't make a right,
0: (laughs) but three rights make a left. (laughs) (laughs) Go with it. (laughs) Anyway, so they follow the blood trail, and it's a door that opens to another door that goes up to the attic, and the wind is just like gusting out of there, right? And they're cold and all that stuff and it's until they go upstairs and then the wind stops did you notice that mm-hmm. that the wind was blowing like hell until they get up there and then there's nothing right but and it's dripping everywhere there's water dripping through the in, in the attic but at no point do you see water dripping downstairs where was the water going did it enter the attic and then just disappear I, I like, there's no water damage in the house in the lower magic. levels. magic <sighs> but they look around and they don't really see anything of course when the the wind started up his candelabra that he was carrying around with him uh, went out but he was still carrying it even though it wasn't that thing couldn't have been light. Like if, if it wasn't doing anything for me, I think I probably would have left it downstairs. <laughs> I don't like. I'm not carrying this heavy ass thing around if there's no no reason to. But in the scene, you can see him, and Ralph and Judy talking about. There's nothing up here, and he's like, "Well, let's go." And in the shadows behind them, you can see Isabel sitting in a chair, and you can see that there's something wrong with her face but it's too dark to exactly tell what. Mm -hmm. You can just see that she's kind of wiggling or or maybe fighting to get loose, but she's not making any noise. So then they turn around and go back downstairs.
1: At some point, they do end up running into...
0: Well, he goes to tell because he takes gabriel i'm sorry i
1: was trying to remember his name
0: well but before that he he runs he goes and he tells enid like your friend is missing yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and she freaks out and she's like you did something with her you you took her and murdered her whatever and they're both like no 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 she just disappeared i was in bed Mm -hmm. judy was there and she's like yeah i went and got him out of bed and then dad shows up and because there's yelling in the hallway So dad shows up and he's like, you stay away from my daughter Mm -hmm. because now he's a caring father. Um, But yeah, and then they they finally all separate. Enid's like, I'm going to go look for her. So she takes off. With her, a candle. She has one candle. Uh, but yeah, Ralph is downstairs because he had uh, tripped coming down the stairs. And she said, the doll's tripped him. He thinks a rat bit him on the leg. So he's down in, like, in the kitchen cleaning it up. And he, he runs into Gabriel. And Gabriel's like, yeah, I spilled some red paint.
1: Yeah, he, he's like, oh, my wife's going to be so mad at me. Yeah, see, I, I spilled some red paint and everything. And, you know... And it's funny, I can't believe that he actually accepted that Ralph accepted that explanation because he when he was looking at Judy's house shoes, he ran a finger through it. He held it up to his face and was like, that's blood. And right. so now he just accepts the explanation that it's paint so I don't know if that's just him being in denial or what because I mean obviously someone in the trade blood right. has a distinct smell as does paint I feel like you in in texture even because blood is is thinner than paint obviously so
0: And at the time this film was made that probably would have been lead based paint and it would have had an odor I don't
1: I don't understand why he accepted that
0: explanation I don't know cuz he was an idiot
1: I'd been like nah, son. That's blood. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's dumb. But so Judy ends up with her parents again, and there's another fight, and he's like, oh, she's going to stay here, and no Nobody's happy about anything. Mm-hmm. And they're just hateful to that little girl again. Um, yeah. So remember my place. So while David's downstairs, Rosemary is up there knocking around in their room and she gets attacked by the dolls, which is fine. She's a hateful bitch. Right. And they're like stabbing her in the foot and stabbing her in the back. And like, she,
1: they were like sawing her ankle. They
0: had a <laughs> tiny saw and they're trying to cut her arm. Uh It must not be the kind of saws that I used when I was carpentering because those (laughs) tiny saws were sharp as fuck.
1: Yeah, right. They
0: would have gone straight through her arm. But Uh anyway and um, she's kind of fighting them off and running away and see like there's some determination there like maybe she's a survivor and she runs into the hallway and there's a window at the end of the hall with dolls in front of it and then she sees that there are dolls behind her so her immediate solution to this was i'm gonna eat myself out the window
1: yeah can i just can i just interject one thing here for most of the movie she's wearing this head wrap and i couldn't understand why she was wearing this head wrap and i was like is she bald under there? Like, what's going on? Like, because she's wearing it, you know, when she's introduced. She's wearing it in bed or a, a towel or something. She's always got her head covered. So for the longest time, I kept trying to figure out why she had her head covered. And at some point when the dolls are attacking her, they do eventually pull off her head wrap or towel or whatever she's wearing at the time. And her hair's just normal. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was weird. Maybe it was a
0: fashion choice. Maybe her head was cold. I don't
1: know. I just forever thinking... Oh, okay. I was waiting for some big reveal or something.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, like maybe to to allude to the fact that what's his face is just after her for her money. <laughs> Yeah. You know? But no, just normal hair. Sorry. I I just, I had to get that out.
0: No, I don't, I don't understand. It was a choice. It was a, (laughs) the wardrobe department made a choice. It's
1: called Fashion Brenda. Look it up.
0: Yeah. Cause she was wearing that head wrap in addition to like an 80 pound fur coat. Right. That thing was huge.
1: Yeah. And it got ruined. It got
0: ruined. Can you imagine the smell? Like, I bet they stink after they get wet.
1: Oh, possibly. Yeah. If it's a real fur, definitely.
0: But out of that whole whole decision-making process before she jumps, like, I just don't get it. Like, you get there and it's, there's only one way out of this. Yeah. I gotta jump. That just, that didn't make sense to me at all. So Enid, meanwhile, has taken, she, she, she took one candle. One candle. There's candles all over this house. There's candelabras all over this house. She could have taken more than one. Honestly, the Zippo that she used to light her single candle gave off more light <laughs> than the candle she took. So she goes exploring the house with her singular candle, goes up into the attic. Um, there's no wind when she opens the door, so her candle is still lit when she gets upstairs. Right. She sees some blood. She finds Isabel mm-hmm. sitting in the floor, and this is when you get a good look at her face, mm-hmm. and it looks like a doll face over her face, but through the eye sockets at well. Okay, the eyes are just like glass marbles that fall out and roll forward. Right. But then Isabel grabs the eyes and holds them up next to her head, which I guess is where you get some of the The, box art, kind of?
1: Yeah, well, if I remember right, they came up with (gasps) that art first. And then said, we have to figure out how to include that somewhere in the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and she's trying to tell her to, to run, to go away. But you can see through the eye holes that the flesh underneath looks almost like burned, like blackened, burned mm-hmm. underneath. Uh, but that's when she gets attacked by dolls up in the attic. But she listens to Billy Joel, or not Billy Joel, Billy Idol. <laughs> Billy Joel people are not fighters. Billy Idol <laughs> people are fighters. So she uh, takes her belt off and she's wielding it like some kind of medieval weapon. But she does manage to fight her way downstairs, uh, kicking and smashing. And-
1: well, here's the thing. When she starts, this is where you kind of get, start seeing what these dolls are. Because as she's hitting them with her belt, their little faces start cracking. She's stepping on them and you can see like there's little shriveled, Things
0: like slimy skeletons inside underneath. the dolls. Yeah, they're like green looking and like they they look dead. Yeah, and in some way she sets one of them on fire. Yeah, but yeah, there are these little. It's like tiny skinless people. Yeah, inside the dolls, but she fights her way downstairs and she when she comes down the attic stairs she finds herself face to face with the military. The military being. <laughs> tiny little toy army men not the green kind the like the nutcracker right. sort of red coat blue pants
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and they're all pointing their little rifles and she acts like she's going to fight at first like she gets the belt ready and everything and she's like come on and the uh, leader is like ready aim and they're holding up these guns and i so help me the guns the barrels are like smaller than a pencil <laughs> yeah. and then they fire it's a 45 caliber <laughs> fucking pencil i don't know how Projectiles must expand once they leave the barrel and they blow holes clean through this bitch. Yeah. It makes no sense. It doesn't. So like holes you could put your thumb in.
1: Yeah. It seems like for something as tiny as they're using, if they hit her, she'd just been like, ow, like something jumped up and bit me.
0: I was expecting something much smaller. (laughs) Yeah. But when they blew her back out, (laughs) I was like, those are some powerful little guns.
1: Yeah. So
0: she does the oh, spin around so they right. can shoot her in the back. Yeah, and that's the end of Enid. <laughs> yeah. So Dad, meanwhile, is upstairs and uh, he goes back in and climbs into bed and you can see the the sheets pulled up and he starts trying to snuggle up with Rosemary and but we can see the blood on the the blanket the blanket. Or sheet yeah. Which means that they went outside and got her and brought her back in and stuck her in bed. hmm And he notices something that is wrong. And then, like, this dead body throws its arm over him. And, like, she's clearly dead but hanging on to him at the same time. Because he's trying to climb out of bed, her arms around his neck, and he can't get it off. So he just, like, drags her body out of bed. And that's when he kind of goes on the hunt. And Judy and Ralph are together again and sort of exploring the house. And then up downstairs in, like, this big doll room. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, David is looking for Judy, can't find her, smashes a chair. No, he thinks that Ralph killed Rosemary. Mm-hmm. So he smashes the chair, gets a chair leg. He's like, I'm going to kill this bastard. So he's on the hunt for them. Ralph and Judy are in the doll room, uh, just dolls everywhere. And of course she's got punch, and he's kind of talking to her, I guess. And Ralph's like, we should go. And he, and Judy says, no, they're trying to decide if they're going to let us leave or not. <laughs> which is just sort of a weird exchange and all the dolls are looking at him and making weird faces. Um, But David runs into punch mr punch and mr punch is not happy with him so he attacks him with his tiny little sword <laughs> but david does finally win and smash mr punch's head in mm-hmm. so gabriel and hillary make an appearance and they're talking to david about what a terrible father he is and basically you suck as a human being and that uh hillary needs a doll and she, mr punch will always be with her and that's when we find out i guess that she's a witch he says there's the old he when she shows up david says there's the old witch And she just smiles. She's like, he finally figured it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Again, I wish they had fleshed that out a little bit more. But basically, you get to see his transformation into a new Mr. Punch doll. Yeah. Wearing different pajamas because Mr. Punch's pajamas were red, red and blue, like a Jester's thing. Mm -hmm. And he's wearing black and gold pajamas. So now there's a new Mr. Punch doll with black and gold pajamas, which they put the little red hat on. And Gabriel even comments, don't you think it clashes with the modern style? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Ralph is not taking too kindly to being held prisoner by dolls. So he starts trying to stomp his way through him. And, of course, they immediately take him down and, like, start beating him up. Judy tells him to stop, so they stop. Because, of course, they're going to listen to this child that's been there for four hours. Right. And they finally decide they're going to let him leave. So they just walk out.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And then you kind <laughs> of
1: no, keep doing it. Yeah. I'm just
0: trying to put it all in order. And then you kind of cut to Ralph and Judy waking up the next morning. The mm-hmm. sun's out. The house is brightly lit. Gabriel and Hillary there. And they were like, oh, you took such a knock on the head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you weren't conscious when we found you, but I think you were mostly sleeping. But you should be well rested. You slept through the whole night. Longest night of the year. Yeah. And. You know, they kind of get up and around, and Gabriel is sitting there with Judy and Ralph, and he produces this letter, which you never see. You never get to see the printed side of it. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's a supposed to be a letter from her dad that he left, and he tells her that they left, and they're moving to another country, and they're changing their names, and that he's gone forever. And that the letter is like, I'm a terrible father. You'll be better off without me. Bye. Yeah. P.S. Ralph is going to take you back to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> So they wrapped it up very neatly, I guess. And quickly. Like, just boom, it's over. Here's, yes. the, here's the solution. And I guess Ralph's like, well, you know, I don't really have the money to do that. And it's like, oh, they left your money. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, well, he didn't seem like he was that generous. Ah, oh, it's okay. He left your money.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Judy tells him, I'm like, my mom is single.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. As they're headed out to the car, she finds the bear in the car because Gabriel and Hillary had gone and gotten his car unstuck. Uh Uh-huh. And um, I guess found the bear, put the bear in there. She takes the bear back to Gabriel and says, I think he'll be happier here. And Mr. Punch stays too. He's like, well, they'll be here anytime you want to come visit. And they drive off. I just don't... So it almost seemed to me, like you'd said earlier that you felt like it was a honeypot. It's almost like... It seemed to me that any traveler that's passing through that area at this time of year or at night or whatever is going to, the storm is going to cause them to get stuck. And then the shit that happens in the house is almost like a test, right? Mm -hmm. Are they pure of heart? Right. Or whatever. Uh If you're a villain, the dolls are going to get you. If you're a reasonably nice person like Ralph, then you'll make it. You don't get turned into a doll. Mm -hmm. So I think that was it. It was just like a method of separating the good people from the bad people.
1: Perhaps. I I, I don't know. I just, it's very, it's almost Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that way that, you know, they they pick off travelers or whatever that just happen to be going through, you know, with a different twist. But
0: but in Chainsaw, they're going to kill everyone. And right. In this one, it's like...
1: <laughs> right. That's why if, I said, with a twist...
0: Because at the end there, he says, a child and a child at heart. So if you have an appreciate if you're still a child at heart, you're going to be okay. Right. I guess.
1: Yeah. And it's pretty much the opposite of Pinocchio. You don't get to come become a real boy. You get turned into, you, into a doll. Yeah. If you're a
0: shit, you get turned into a doll.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so
0: reverse Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, so
1: let's let's talk about the performances the
0: acting
1: um i i didn't see a problem with any other performances i mean with judy it's a typical kid performance a little bit of line reading is is a little bit overdone and uh wooden in places that's typical i feel like for kids back then now you get kids that fucking are deserving of oscars but uh but back then, pretty typical for a child. Yeah. Uh, one of the first times I laughed at her performance was uh, th- when they're first stuck says something about her listening, or she's like, you call me Mother, whatever her name is. I've already forgotten her name. <laughs> Rosemary. Yeah, you call me Mother Rosemary, and she's like, you are not my mother. <laughs> like, she has right. the weirdest line delivery of it. Like, like she starts off instantly enough, and then it's just something like she's trying to be creepy about about it or inadvertently becomes creepy delivering the line it's just yeah. it cracked me up that that choice <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah i feel like the acting was what i expected
1: it, it was fine for what it, it was
0: it wasn't awful but um, yeah yeah
1: it's it's not where you get some movies where the acting is just fucking
0: atrocious yeah, i feel like the actor and actress that played gabriel and hillary i feel like they were probably capable of a lot more because they had been acting for 50 years when they made this film mm-hmm. so I, I think there was probably more there that they could have done and just didn't. Mm-hmm. The rest of the actors and actresses in this film, uh, well, with uh, Gordon's wife being excluded from that.
1: Yeah, I would say because she is actually a really good
0: Yeah, they didn't actress. do a lot. They didn't have a lot of acting experience going in and they didn't do a lot after this film.
1: Right, yeah, because so, uh, Carolyn Purdy, Gordon, was a stage actress. And so I I feel like that shines through a little bit. I feel like anything she does, she's always believed and especially as an antagonist because you really don't like her at all and so i i think that she she did really well
0: yeah i get um who's the evil witch in hellraiser julia i get, I get julia vibes from her
1: oh okay i was like bit. which what witch in hellraiser? Well, you know what i mean
0: <laughs> the evil woman yeah <laughs> i get julia vibes from yeah i from can her. see that a
1: little bit a little bit
0: so because they both play typically very stern serious women Mm -hmm. uh sort of no bullshit characters right so i think there's some similarities there um yeah, the, the actresses that were Isabel and Enid. It could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, they, so, they were fine. I got, I got no gripes about the acting.
1: Yeah, no, acting was fine.
0: So what about the special effects?
1: I will say, you know, we, we did talk about the fact that Beekler showed some restraint in this particular film, and, and, and I do completely agree with that. But I will say, what he did do I thought was done very well. Um, Because regardless of whether or not certain decisions Decisions make sense, like tiny guns firing giant things. It still was done well. You know, the The wounds looked real. The um, There wasn't anything, because even with people who do some of their best work, even every once in a while, even with Savini, you can see a little bit of shoddy work. Yeah. Because it was the 80s. Um, but there wasn't anything that I found too overly noticeable as being bad in this.
0: Didn't see a zipper on anything,
1: and maybe that's why there there was some restraint used. You know, for all this, the simplicity in it, it was done very well. The little quote elves, they looked great. Um, the dolls are creepy. The way their little bloodshot eyes roll around in their head is creepy. So. Um, I, you know, my opinion on stop motion, I love stop motion. I think it's great, I think it's a lost art. Um, so I, I think everything he did as far as effects when there were effects was done pretty well. I, I had no complaints about it.
0: Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> I got, I got nothing to complain about on the effects. The effects were, they were fine. Um, I feel like the gore was probably appropriate. Yeah. It, for for the kind of movie that it was, if they had just gone over the top. If he had gone full Beekler, it it might have it would have felt out of place.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so.
0: Yeah. So I feel like it was it was good. What about the score?
1: I feel like anybody who is versed in Full Moon features, it was a Full Moon score. There, he has a, there's a particular brand that's used in those films where there's a little kind of sense of whimsy in them a little bit, even with something that is scary. You know, there just seems something a little bit lighter in
0: these scores. See, the music that's playing in the opening credits, it's, it is light. It is creepy, but it kind of reminded me of Candyman. Okay. I don't know if it's just the instrument that they used, because I couldn't tell you what instrument they used, but vaguely I was like, that sounds kind of like the Candyman intro. Hmm. It it felt very Puppet Master to me. See, I've never seen those. Yeah, I, I've seen parts of them.
1: I've seen. Well, I've only seen the first one, but it just it feels like. And, and I would have to go look it up, but it feels like maybe they have a guy for Full Moon where they probably use. That <laughs> yeah, could be that stuff over and over. You know, maybe there's a relationship there. But yeah, I, but I, I think I think you got it there. Where it, it does feel lighthearted and creepy at the same time. Yeah, so, kind of yeah. like kind of like child's play, I guess.
0: Right. So, favorite line, favorite scene, favorite kill?
1: (laughs) So, this is the first thing that I was thinking about uh, after we finished. This is not one that I feel like is the most quotable film, because the only line that stood out to me was, again, just having talked about it, was Judy's, you're not my mother. And it was simply because of the way she delivered it, so... Um, I don't have anything that I picked out apart from that quote wise. Um, it, I said, there's nothing really memorable. I feel like as far as that goes, um, favorite kill is probably going to be that initial teddy bear scene. And, and, you know, you might say, well, it doesn't count because it was kind of a a fantasy daydreaming sequence, but I'm going to count it. Because I thought initially that was kind of cool that he rips off her arms and all that. So, yeah. So I'm going to go with a uh, favorite scene. I guess it's going to be that iconic shot of uh, the eyeballs rolling out and holding them up. I, th- I think I'm going to go with that. Because that is, at the end of the day, that is pretty creepy. and It is. It was it was executed yep. very well. So, what about you?
0: So, favorite line is when Ralph and the girls first get to the house. They open the door and it's raining. They're all coming in soaked. And Isabelle's I feel like shit.
1: <laughs> that was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> and and that I, did
1: make me laugh.
0: <laughs> and that's the only reason I picked that one. Because it made me giggle.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, what a way to enter a room. <laughs> now, if you're trying to make a first impression i'm gonna
1: start going to work i is. feel like shit
0: yeah yeah don't hold that horrible accent against me <laughs> this is, yeah it was that was i thought it was funny um favorite kill i think is going to be the transformation scene for david when he gets transferred in or transformed into the new mr punch mm-hmm. just because you've we've seen werewolves a hundred times right and so it's it's not like the best transformation scene necessarily, but it's interesting because it's finally someone turning into something other than a werewolf.
1: We're we're getting to see how these people become what they become. Right. So it's an and interesting so thing.
0: I, I guess I appreciate it more for it offering some explanation about the dolls than the actual effect itself. But mm-hmm. my favorite, still my favorite kill, favorite scene. Favorite scene's tough. Um, I, it's probably going to be when Enid first starts fighting the dolls upstairs okay when she takes her belt off and she starts swinging around like a mace mm-hmm. and i'm like what the fuck are you gonna do with that? <laughs> i appreciate the enthusiasm
1: we've seen somebody just fucking annihilate with a fanny pack okay
0: you know what that's that's fair <laughs> It can be done. But he knew Kung Fu, and that (laughs) fanny pack was full of aquarium gravel.
1: Not at first. Not
0: at first. Not at first. I wonder if Dr. Jones taught him how to do that.
1: Oh, my God. Uh,
0: I love Indiana Jones. I know you do. (laughs) And he's the best part of Temple of Doom. I'm just saying.
1: All right. uh, Loved and hated. Uh, I will say as far... I don't know that I love anything about this film, okay? Um, I will say that I do like the idea, I like the concept, and once you kind of figure out that twist of what the dolls actually are, that's that's a, that's a creepy idea. That's like, oh, that's just kind of, that's a skeevy thing, right? Um, I do like the special effects. I did think they were executed really well. And if you're afraid of dolls, this, this, I could see how this would absolutely be terrifying to somebody afraid of dolls. So I think all of that was done very well. And like I was saying at the front side, in terms of the overlying story of what it's trying to say about the loss of innocence and how as adults we become jaded and you know we lose that magic you know I understand I I can appreciate those themes so overall I feel like the story's good um I don't know that there's anything I necessarily hate either, but that's kind of the problem with my overall feeling about the film, is that I don't feel really strongly either way. It just feels very kind of middle of the road for me. So, you?
0: Uh, so, I there's nothing that I loved about this film. There's nothing that I really hated about this film. Mm-hmm. I like the ideas that they introduced, I like the concept. I think that there are portions of the story uh, that were, for the time, they were creative. They might not be considered creative now because everything's kind of been done. But I feel like at the time, some of these were some pretty, pretty interesting ideas for a film uh, or concepts to be introduced into a film, particularly a horror film. But they, I guess, that leads me directly into not the hated, but the part I didn't kind of like was that they didn't explore any of it, like I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. They didn't. It doesn't feel like they fleshed anything out. And they had time. The runtime on this movie is like an hour and 17 minutes. It's short.
1: It, Yeah, it's short, and it doesn't feel short. It doesn't short.
0: feel short, but it's yeah. It's a short film. I mean, by the t- that hour and 17 is including the opening and ending credits. Yeah. So they had room. I mean, if they'd have done a full 90 minutes and fleshed out some of those ideas, it probably would be a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it for me. The effects were fine. The acting was fine. Um, But I'm with you on that. I, for me to... Lean one way or the other about a film, it's got to get me somewhere. Like, it's either like, oh my God, I loved this thing, or Mm -hmm. oh my God, I hated that one thing, but it's got to make me feel something about it. Mm -hmm. And this one did neither of those things. Right. So it's just kind of. It's like when you got all the pudding flavors to choose from, and you just get <laughs> vanilla. You know, yeah, yeah. Like butterscotch was an option, but they handed me vanilla.
1: Okay, but so, are we talking yeah. bluebells homemade vanilla ta- I said
0: pudding? I didn't say. <laughs> Sorry, like, I was
1: thinking ice cream. I was like, because if you're talking about bluebell Vanilla, that's a different beast. Or if they're passing out
0: <laughs> ice cream and you know that Rocky Road is in there somewhere, but you get handed vanilla, you're like, well, goddamn. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of where I stand on it. All right. So, merry fuck, or kill.
1: Uh, I hate to do this, This is, but this is going to be my first kill. I have married or fucked just about everything we have talked about since we introduced this segment. This is my first kill. And it's just because even though I have seen it more than once, it's not a film I keep in regular rotation by any means. Um, But it's not one that I pull out ever so often to go, hey, yeah, yeah. I like this one. I'll revisit it again. It's it's not even that. It's just like, eh, maybe I, I see it every five to ten years or something. And so for that, I'm going to kill it. Not kill it with fire. You can still get worse than kill it. um, But to kill it nonetheless.
0: You? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to kill it because Lala likes this film.
1: I know, I know. It made me feel so bad.
0: So, I don't know, it's exile an option? Sort of <laughs> a, what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> Like I don't want to kill it, so because we sleep she, in
1: separate bedrooms. <laughs> yeah,
0: because she she may still want to watch it, but I don't want to have to watch it again.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna I,
0: divorce this movie.
1: <laughs> I feel like if you grew up with this movie, I can understand nostalgia. Absolutely, playing playing part in that. Um, but I didn't. I didn't grow up with it, so I don't yeah. have that to look back on and have fond feelings for it in that way. So if if somebody loves it, it was part of their childhood or whatever. That's great. I, I, you know, I just don't, I don't have that. Yeah, I think that's it. It's not
0: a, it's not a bad film. I wouldn't go out there and say this is a terrible movie. No, 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 no. It's not a terrible movie. It's not. It's just not for me.
1: I think that's my, my problem. It's just not for me. I
0: think I would have to just go with Kill. Simply because if anything else is an option, I'm gonna pick it. Yeah. The other thing, not this. Uh, if if it's a movie I've never seen before, then it's got potential. I'm gonna pick the thing I've never seen. If it's right. a movie I've seen before, and I'm like, oh, this one part really makes me laugh, I'm gonna pick it instead. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not it's not necessarily that this movie is problematic. It just didn't it just didn't do it for me. Right. But you know what? I like Deathgasm, and I know it doesn't do- doesn't do it for everybody either. So. <laughs> That's that's it. So what are your final thoughts? Should people watch this movie or not?
1: I would say if you are a doll film enthusiast, absolutely.
0: Like if you like Annabelle and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. If you are a Stuart Gordon enthusiast, like I you know, I really love reanimator. I'm going to tell you this is not <laughs> this is not in that same vein. But if you are if you appreciate Stuart Gordon as a filmmaker, sure. Um, if you're looking for something slasher or, you know, something to really scare you or whatever, more serious fare, this is not for you. So feel like, like you're, if you're looking for a safe scare, something a little bit more lighthearted, then yeah. Um, is it a film I would really recommend though? Probably not. I'm sorry, Lala. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm on there too. I think if somebody asked me about it, have you ever seen it before? You know, And then there would be a series of questions that come after that. Do you like this type of movie? Do you like that type of movie? Have you watched the Puppet Master series? Do you really like those movies? Right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because if if you've watched those and those are your jam, then this was probably good for you. Yeah. Um, But if you watched some of those other ones and you didn't really like them, you're probably not really going to like this one either. So at that point, I would be like, enter with caution, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But that... That wraps it up.
1: Yeah, so I guess we should talk about what we're doing for the month of April.
0: What are we doing and for the And I've April? got
1: good news and I've got bad news. So the good news is this is our second annual Dead Married Easter Egg Hunt. So we are going to be handing out our Easter eggs to some people that we really appreciate and love and wanted to cover things for them. And the first recipients of our Easter egg are going to be our friends, William and Xena Rush. And we are going to be covering Videodrome, our second Cronenberg movie to be covered. And I'm super, super excited about that. So again, we were given kind of two choices. And since it was my month to pick anyway, I made the executive decision between Videodrome and Scanners. I chose Videodrome. So look forward to that. And that's our first Easter egg. Um, the bad news is this the month of April will effectively wrap up our third season. And then we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a break, you know, gain our bearings a little bit more. We have been talking off mic about some new ideas for the upcoming season. Um, Thanks to improve the show, you know, polish us up just a little bit more, some fun stuff. And we're really excited. So we want to take the break to uh, not only rest, um, but and enjoy a little bit of our summer, but also to kind of make those improvements in the show. So thank you, everybody, for continuing to come back and check out the Easter eggs and see who is lucky enough to get one. <laughs> oh, Uh, I guess we'll see you back next week with Videodrome. But until then, I'm Ashley. And I'm Travis. Take care, guys.
0: Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just $3 to $10 a month, you can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. For that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth of shit with them on anyway. Also, be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration.